We are on Ksubis, Lamed Vav, Amabez, 36b2 in the Archical Gemara as we begin a new Mishnah, the second Mishnah of this Perak. And so says the Mishnah, we're discussing cases where there is no knas, there is no fine in a situation where a person either rapes or seduces a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. Again, to repeat, there is a he is required to pay for all the damages and loss that he's caused uh, to this girl. But in terms of the knas, in terms of the payment of the 50 shekel, so then the following situations do not have a knas. As opposed to the first Mishnah, we discussed various cases where there was a fine, uh, even though one might have thought that in those specific scenarios there might not have been a fine, there was. Now our Mishnah discusses cases where there is no fine. So what is the list? If there is a girl who, above the age of three, either converted or was taken captive and then freed, um, so in any of these cases, so then there is no knas. Why is there no knas? Because we assume that if she was not Jewish, we have to be concerned for the fact that uh, she had sexual relations beforehand, and so therefore, uh, there is no there is no fine because we assume that she had sexual relations beforehand. She is not a basula; she's not a virgin, and the fine only exists if she's between the ages of twelve and twelve and a half, and she is a basula; she's a virgin. Similarly, when a Jewish girl is taken into captivity, uh, so there is also a concern that uh, that she was raped while she was taken into captivity. And as such, she is no longer a virgin and the fine would not apply. Additionally, this is something that we'll just see in the Gemara in a few minutes. Um, when it, There is a difference between uh, taken into captivity versus converting, which is that if she converts, so then we are concerned that she had sexual relations willingly. As a Jewish girl who's taken into captivity, the concern is that she was, um, was that she was raped uh, and it was it was against her will. Nevertheless, even if it's against her will, when it comes to um, eating truma, let's say if she was the daughter of a kohen or marrying a kohen, uh, because in the end of the day, even though it was a rape, but it was, in the end of the day she had sexual relations with um, a non-Jew, uh, so that would disqualify her from uh, marrying a kohen or from eating from truma. Um, now, these are all concerns, really, on a rabbinic level. Uh, these are concerns when it comes to somebody taken into captivity on a rabbinic level. On a biblical level, we assume nothing happened, um, or at least there's a suffix. There's a question about it. It's, uh, it's, it's a questionable whether or not it happened. But it's still to the point, let's say, this is how some of the commentators explain that since it's questionable, we do not require, uh, in order for mon- money to transfer, in order to require him to pay, uh, we would have to know with certainty. And in this case, we don't know with certainty. It's questionable, and so therefore we do not make him pay in this case. So again, when it comes to being taken into captivity, that's really a concern on a rabbinic level, although it has implications here with regards to the knas, this fine, which is on a biblical level, because even on a biblical level, we're still concerned. It's still a suffix. It's still questionable. And so therefore, we're not going to force him to pay um, because we have to know with certainty if we ever want to transfer require somebody to, to, to pay somebody else. Um, and also, it's important to keep in mind that this would also impact, because 
the concern is that she's having sexual relations with a non-Jew, and she's not allowed to be with a non-Jew, even if it's against her will. Um, when it comes to a Kohen, when it comes to the laws of a Kohen, and only with regards to the laws of a Kohen, uh, do the ramifications still apply even if it was against her will. And so therefore, even though it was against her will, when it comes to the issues, the laws of Kahuna, so then she still would not be able to eat Truma, and she still cannot marry a Kohen. Okay, that is the first position. Now we have a second position. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, no. Rabbi Yehuda has a position that when it comes to a girl who's taken into captivity, we are actually not concerned. Says Rabbi Yehuda, we are not concerned that uh, she was raped. It's not a concern for Rabbi Yehuda, which we will see in the Gemara. This could have many more ramifications. So Rabbi Yehuda, number one, in our Mishnah, would say that she does receive the fine, he would have to pay because we do not assume or we're not concerned. Uh, it's not even a question. It's not even in doubt. We're not, we, we don't assume that she was raped. Number two, other laws that would apply, let's say, uh, her ksuba, let's say she gets married later in life. Her ksuba, the amount that she receives uh, as a promise from her husband at the end of the marriage, whether it's by death or by divorce, would be the amount that a basula receives, the amount that a virgin receives, which is 200 as opposed to 100. So according to Behuda, at least uh, according to some of the ways that the Gemara learns, uh, we'll see in a minute, uh, there, is no, there is no concern uh, with regards to the girl who's taken into captivity that she was raped. Okay, that is the first half of the Mishnah. The first half of the Mishnah is discussing these cases of where a girl above the age of three either converts or, uh, or she's freed as a non-Jew, she's freed, which really means a conversion because once she's freed, she converts to Judaism or uh, a case where she was taken into captivity. And when it comes to captivity, we saw that there's this machlokas, there's a dispute between the first opinion and Rabbi Yehuda. The second half of the Mishnah discusses cases of Kimle Bedrabamine, cases of where uh, the person has sexual relations with, or with this girl who's between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, but they are related, and this type of relationship is... Uh, deserving of the death penalty. There are a few relationships which deserve the death penalty. Um, most of them are kares, are in early death, but there are a few. There are around five or six that are the death penalty, and so the Mishnah says that if it's the death penalty, so then there would not be a fine. Habal bito. If a person, God forbid, has sexual relations with their daughter, Abbas bito, their granddaughter, the daughter's daughter, Abbas bino, his son's daughter, also granddaughter, Abbas ishto. His stepdaughter, his wife's daughter, Abbas Benah, or her, his wife's son's daughter, or Abbas Bita, or her daughter's daughter. In all these cases, Ein Knas, there is no fine, because they are deserving of the death penalty. Because of the principle of Kim Le'e so therefore, he would not have to pay because it's the death penalty together with uh, this monetary payment. And they quote the verse that says that um, if there's no fatality, so then he has to pay. Implication being that if there were to be one, so then he does not have to pay, which is the source for the principle of Kimle Bedurabimine. Um, there are also some other cases where it would be deserving of the death penalty, like a person's mother in law or a mother in law's mother. Um, in those cases, it doesn't really apply with regards to our case because of the knas, of the fine, because um, 
because they have to be a, a basula, a virgin, and they're not they're not a virgin. Uh, there are other cases also which could be included in this list where there's the death penalty. Again, this is the list of, of relatives where the punishment is the death penalty, which doesn't apply to all relatives, uh, but it would also apply to, let's say, a stepmother. A stepmother could be uh, a person's father's wife or a daughter-in-law. A daughter-in-law would also be deserving of the death penalty. That's basically the list. Um, and then all other cases are deserving of kares, of an early death. Okay, that is the Mishnah, two parts of the Mishnah. Today, the Gemara will only focus on the first part of the Mishnah about um, a woman who's taken into captivity. So, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, this is now we're starting the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Dosa, Amr Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Dosa have the same opinion. Moving on to 36b3 in the Arts of Gemara, what does it mean that they have the same opinion? Rabbi Yehuda, Amr Rabbi Yehuda says that... Um, we don't assume that she was raped, and so therefore she could receive the knas, the fine, when she turns, if anything happens, God forbid, when she turns 12. Rabbi Dosa, the time, what is Rabbi Dosa? What's, what's, what did he say? The Bryce says, Rabbi Dosa says that if a woman is taken into captivity, once she's freed, so she's allowed to eat truma. It would be permissible for her to eat truma. must be that he's not concerned that they raped her, because if they did rape her, so then... She would not be allowed to eat truma. What what's the logic behind Rabbi Dosa? Amr Rabbi Dosa v'chima asalar v'halaz v'chunei mishmiyechla bein dadel psalim in akuhuna. What did these Arab captors? And it says specifically Arab because uh, the commentators already point out uh, elsewhere in the Talmud it says that they were they uh, were known for their sexual immorality. Um, and so what what did they do to her? They didn't actually perform. Uh, the act, the sexual act itself, they they played around with her and they messed with her and uh, they against her will, uh, but it wasn't the actual act of sexual relations. Um, and so that's the position of Rabbi Dosa. Seems like it's the same position as Rabbi Huda, i.e., we are not concerned that uh, there was actually uh, a, a sexual act took place. But the Gemara says no. Maybe we could differentiate between Rabbi Huda's case of the Knas and Rabbi Dosa's case of Truma. Amar Rabbah, Dilmalohi, Akan Lokam Rabbi Yehuda Hacha Elashelo Yechot Niskar, Avlahasan Karabban Tzvirlei. Maybe Rabbi Huda over here, when it comes to the fine that we put on this person who has sexual relations with this girl between 12 and 12 and a half, maybe the only reason why he's lenient in this case uh, to say that she, she wasn't raped and to really give, require him to pay is because. We don't want to allow him to go off for free. He sinned. He sinned. He committed a sin. And so therefore, he should have to pay for it. And so therefore, because potentially because we're in doubt, we'll make him pay for it. But when it comes to truma, that's an added bonus to eat truma. For her as a, as a daughter of a Kohen, or for any Kohen to eat truma, that's an added bonus. So that we're not going to go so far to say you could also eat truma. So that's one way of differentiating between truma and this fine. Inami. Or, we could say it in the other direction, Rabbi Dosa, maybe Rabbi Dosa's case uh, is the reason why we could we could be more lenient, is because we're talking about truma, the special food that's given to the Kohen, but only rabbinic truma. Only truma which is on a rabbinic level, and therefore it would only be a problem on a rabbinic level, so therefore we'll be lenient in that case. But when it comes to the fine, that's a biblical level. This fine is... is Required on a biblical level, and so therefore we could be 
we would be stringent when it comes to the fine. So we could really have questions in both directions, both directions, um, because truma is, is is an added bonus. Uh, so maybe uh, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't be lenient when it comes to truma, or maybe we shouldn't be lenient when it comes to the fine because that's on a biblical level. Okay. So it sounds like Rabbah would differentiate between these two different cases. Abaye comes now and responds to Rabbah and says, No, Amalei Rabbah, Amalei Abaye, Are you telling me that the position of Rabbi Huda, the reason why Rabbi Huda says uh, there is a fine in this case is because we don't want uh, this person who had sexual relations with this girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, we don't want him to benefit, we don't want the sinner to benefit. Vatanya, Rabbi Huda Omer, Shavuya Shinishbeis, Rebuda says elsewhere that when it comes to a girl who's taken into captivity, so then she still receives a ksuba of 200. She receives other ramifications, other nafkuminas, other uh, laws that are impacted by this, is how much does she receive for her ksuba? And Rebuda says she should receive 200. That has nothing to do with a sinner benefiting. It's not about preventing a sinner from benefiting. No, this is about how much she should receive for her ksuba uh, in her marriage. And he says 200, because that's the amount that a basula, a virgin, would receive. And so therefore, it seems to be that the position of Rabbi Huda is really that just across the board, we are not concerned at all for, uh, for the fact that she, was, that she was raped. But to this, Rabbi responds back, No! There's another consideration there. Hasam nami dilma Rabbi says no. In our case of the knas, the reason is because we don't want the sinner to benefit and to go off free. But in that case of the two hundred zuz of of the ksuba, the reason why we make the ksuba the amount for a virgin is because we want to make sure that she could get married. We want to have give her the highest possibility of getting married, and so therefore we'll say it's two hundred. Also, not because we are certain that she wasn't raped. Even if it's questionable, but we'll be lenient in this case to say that the ksuba is 200 so that in the eyes of everybody else, she's still viewed as a virgin and therefore uh, she'll be able to, uh, it'll be easier for her to get married. Okay. Now says uh, another question on, uh, uh, on uh, really, on the original position that said Rabbi Huda held that across the board, um, we are not concerned. We do not think that she was raped. So Gemara says, is this really true? We have the following, now the following question. That she remains pure, meaning, and she wasn't raped. But we have the following brace. There's a brace that says as follows. If a person redeems this, this uh, girl who was taken into captivity, he's allowed to marry her. If he testifies and says that I know with certainty I'm a Kohen and I know with certainty that she wasn't um, she wasn't raped, we don't we don't allow, allow them to get married. That's called being no gebedaver. He has um, he's biased. Uh, Rabbi Huda says either way they cannot get married. Either way they cannot get married. So the reason why we're quoting this brisa is really because of that last statement of Rabbi Huda. They cannot get married. What do you mean they can't get married? According to our Mishnah, Rabbi Huda says we're not concerned that she was raped. Now we're saying. Either way, even the captor cannot marry her, assuming the captor is not the captor, the, the one who, the redeemer, the one who freed her cannot marry her. What do you mean? Uh, uh, why can't they get married? Meaning, we're talking about a case where 
the Redeemer is a Kohen, why can't they get married? According to Rabbi Yehuda, nothing happened. There should be absolutely no problem. How could Rabbi Yehuda say that they cannot get married? So, But before we even get to that, the Gemara first wants to understand the first opinion. What's the difference? What changed? We said that the Redeemer is allowed to marry her, according to the first opinion. And then it says, but if he testifies and says that I know with certainty that uh, she, uh, she wasn't raped, so then he cannot marry her. I understand. What, what changed? What changed all of a sudden? The word says, Halo Kasha. If it's the Redeemer, the one who redeems her and pays the captors off so that she goes free, so then, even if he testifies and says that I know with certainty that she wasn't raped, he is allowed to marry her. He is allowed to marry her. The only time that we do not allow somebody to marry her is not if they're the Redeemer, but if somebody just comes along and just testifies that she wasn't raped while she was taken into captivity, so then that person cannot marry her because they are certainly biased. When it comes to the one who redeems her, so we will see that there's a, the, the argument is that maybe he's only redeeming her to marry her and we want her to be freed. It's terrible to be taken into captivity. Absolutely terrible. So as sort of a reward to say that, you know what, if you freed her and, you, and you're confident that uh, she wasn't raped, so go ahead and marry her. We want to reward you for, for, for redeeming her. But if it's anybody else, we'll say, you're not allowed to get married. You're biased. But in the end of the day, we have this original question of Rabbi Yehuda. How can Rabbi Yehuda say they can't get married? According to Rabbi Yehuda, they certainly should be able to get married. Rabbi Yehuda is not concerned for rape. So, hello, kasha, hachgamar. Sorry. We have the question of Rabbi Yehuda. Amar Papa. We'll see a few answers here. Amar Papa. Ema Rabbi Yehuda. Amar Benkach. Benkach. Yisaena. You have to change it. Rabbi Yehuda really meant to say that in both situations... They could get married. In fact, they could get married. It doesn't mean they cannot get married. No, it means they really could get married. You have to change the language, what was written down and edit it. Really, they could get married. Because according to Yehuda, we don't think anything happened. So they really could get married in all scenarios. Even if somebody else testifies uh, and it wasn't the Redeemer, they could all get married. That is answer number one. Answer number two. Rav Huna, the son of Rav gives a different answer. No, keep the original text. Rabbi Yehuda said, according to both, they cannot get married. But Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Rabbanan, come alu, the day benkach benkach he said, "Ana alidchu benkach benkach lo yisa enemy byalei." Rabbi Yehuda is not talking about his own opinion; he's responding to the rabbis. He's saying, according to me, of course they could get married. I'm not concerned at all for any of this. But according to you, who's concerned? So then, in both situations, she should not be able to get married because even the, the redeemer should not be able to marry her. To this, the rabbis respond. The rabbis respond and say, no, there's a big difference. If it's the Redeemer, this is sort of a reward. We want to give an incentive to, to free her because then you may be able to marry her. And so therefore we will believe the Redeemer. If it's any other random person who just testifies, that person we won't believe according to the Rabbanon. But in the end of the day, the main point is that according to the rabbis, the rabbanon, the first opinion of Mishnah, there is a concern that a woman who was taken into captivity, that she was raped. According to Rabbi Yehuda, there is no concern. It seems like there is no concern, and this would impact whether she receives a knas um, in a situation where where uh, somebody has sexual relations with her between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, or how much her ksuba money is. If it's 200 zuz, is she allowed to eat truma? All of this would be have an impact based on this opinion of Rabbi Yehuda.